fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome to episode 338 i hope you are keeping well and safe you've had a good week i hope you've had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something doctor, doctor who, who. related related <laughs> i hope you have done something doctor who related because it's really quiet out there dude we were saying before we recorded yeah it's just tumbleweed mm. yeah just nothing going on very quiet yeah Literally, I think this is the quietest it's been for a while. Even before Series 13, in between the series of the last few years, we've had a little bit of, a wee bit of stuff to talk about, but there's nout. Get used to it, dude. There's nothing, not much happening this year. Yeah. But there's two specials to just two breadcrumbs that have been thrown out to us. <laughs> a few scraps. Like two pigeons yep. hovering around uh, Trafalgar Square. A couple of breadcrumbs thrown at us to keep us going, but that's your lot. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's going to be a quiet year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we were saying, um, I think it was last week or the week before, that do we reckon that they're going to do a big regeneration thing mm. for Jody's last episode? And you think they might not do that? So mm. if they don't do that, then that's even less stuff to talk about because we won't get any <laughs> casting announcements. We won't get any. You know, I, I'm really hoping we get a regeneration, uh, as in terms of we we know we're getting one, but I hope we we get to see it. Right. Yeah. Um, her regenerate, but because the 14th Doctor hasn't been even cast yet, uh, that either means they filmed it open ended and are gonna edit it together, whenever. Um, or, I, and this is my gut feeling, and I hope this doesn't happen, she's just going to get in the TARDIS and go off and it'll be a nice happy ending and then it'll just be like Eccleston when he started as a Doctor. It sort of just starts with a new Doctor, maybe a reference looking in the mirror, oh, I've changed, and right, off right. we go, sort of like a, a brand new start again. So that's my gut feeling that that's what's going to happen. But who knows, dude? Who knows? Who knows, indeed? Who knows? Yes. Yeah. We haven't done anything Doctor Who related this week. No, this has been a quiet week, mm. uh, like proper quiet. Um, yeah, I haven't done anything Doctor Who related. Quite unusual for me, but uh, mm. nothing. No no big finish, no reading of books. Um, yeah. I'm afraid it's been very much <laughs> anything but Doctor Who, really. I've, I've been, just had a week of other things. I mean, other shows do exist. Uh, I, I know as shocking as that is. But yeah, I've been <laughs> watching like Afterlife and... Reading Miriam, uh, Miriam Margulies' biography and stuff, and um, yeah, I just I just haven't done anything not too related this week at all. Yeah, same dude. The only thing I did was I nipped over to the um, the Telos Publishing website and almost pulled the oh. trigger on that uh, the the art and history of Virgin Publishing. So. I really want that as well. I've I've yeah. looked at that a couple of times uh, in the last week or two. Yeah, mm. I'm it's the same. I've hovered well. over it. Mm. Um, a few of my friends have got it and posted pictures, and it, it just looks lovely. It's about 30, 35 quid plus postage. Quid postage. Yeah. So you're looking at f- nearly 40 quid. It's, that's the thing. It's just that little bit too expensive. Every time I've gone to order it and I've added on the postage, I'm like, no. <laughs> and I've sort of not ordered it, probably a bit like yourself, 
but I really would. I really want that book. Same, yeah. The same yeah. as you. I'd, I'd seen somebody, I'd seen somebody tweet it and put a picture on. I thought, oh yes, I must go back and mm-hmm. and and check that out because it's a it's a gorgeous cover, and some of the it's it looks like it's been designed very nicely. It's mm-hmm. very very nice book, and um, somebody else tweeted about it as well. I think it was, I think it was those uh, one of dudes. I think it was Rob over at the Doctor Who show podcast. Mm. he was saying about it this morning in fact on twitter and i thought right i must go and and have a look so i've added it to the basket but i'm just not sure on <laughs> you've left it in the basket yeah because january is a long old month i know you know you've got to be yeah. you've got to be fiscal and, and sensible in january i've had years just buggered after that so mm. i got paid early in december so when that's all well and good if you get paid early before christmas it's all great yeah it all feels nice and then yeah. it's the long way after isn't it exactly yeah, yeah. so I've added it to the to the old shopping bag on Telos Publishing, but I'll probably go back next week after payday, and 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 see if that's uh, see if I'm a bit more, a bit more making rash decisions with the old cash. Not sure. Yeah, I know a friend of mine got it slightly cheaper from uh, where was it Waterstones or somewhere, but I think it's out of stock. And I and I think if you order it directly from Telos, it's signed. So it depends how bothered you are about it being signed. But my mates were signed, and I got to tell you, it's a really nice signature. It's like David Howe written in big black pen. It looked really nice. And I was thinking, hmm, I think <laughs> I would like a signed one. But I'll probably do the same as you. I'll wait till the end of the month. I think. Uh, well, I'll have to really. I can't afford it at a minute at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. But you are so, right though. If you get get it direct from Telos, you get it signed by by David Howe. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Uh, talking of not being able to afford things, uh, did you see that? Jody has um, been announced as a guest at the next Lo- uh, London Comic Con. Did the, yeah, yeah. So that was a bit of a surprise. I mean, they added Mandip a couple of weeks back, so Yaz is there. And then it, so as soon as they added Yaz, people were like get get Jody, see if you can get Jody. And they they've been bigging up this announcement of a a big guest um, for a couple of days. And I thought, oh, it won't be Jody. She won't do conventions this soon after leaving, surely. Um, but yeah. There it is. She's going to be there on the Saturday. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Twitter went mad. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> excited to meet her and stuff. And I think they're doing a duo shot with her and Mandip, which is cool. Uh, but the price, dude, I mean, it's, it's, she's £75 for a photo. Oof. I think 75 for an auto, and then you can get diamond passes, whatever that is, mm-hmm. for like 220 quid and whatever. Um, I mean, it is a lot of money, but to just to put things in perspective, I'm not saying this is a, a have a go, because, I mean, all the doctors, I think, have been that price or more. I think I paid that for Matt Smith. I might have paid 80 I can't remember. Um, Eccleston, I think, was 85 was he, or something, when he first got announced? He's come yeah. down a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's 65 now. Tenant, I think, was 85. So, I mean, she's, you know, it, her price isn't any more expensive than any of the other doctors that have appeared there. Um, but, I mean, it's just, yeah, it just comes back to what you said earlier. I just, um, normally I would be all over this, you know, get myself there, get the photo. I love, you know, I love going to the NFCC events and stuff. But, yeah, just money, mate. I just, I just, like, didn't even contemplate it, which is really rare for me. I just thought, no, I know I can't afford it. So, I won't be going. And yeah, uh, yeah. well, I, I might. You never know. But when, when once I get paid at the end of this month, or whatever, I might decide to to jump on it. But they'll probably be sold out by then. But yeah, I don't know, mate. I just it's just the money. I just mm-hmm. thought I can't really afford it. But yeah, what do you think though about Jody being announced for 
Yeah, it's Only a bit of a, um, it's a good one for them, isn't it? It's a great one for those guys. Yeah, and let's not forget that your your feelings and my feelings on it aside, there are a lot of fans who really love this era of Doctor Who and love Jodie. So absolutely, for, yeah. for, for fans of Jodie, it's it's amazing. It's um, you know, it's it's a very quick turnaround time between stop having stopped playing the part and then, well, she'd still be playing the part in terms of broadcast you know if because mm. this is the um london film comic Con spring event which is at the end of feb that's right yeah the uh 26th and 27th of feb that weekend so she's still got two episodes yet to go out on the telly whereas if um you'd look at the previous doctors and so on they left it a, a little while especially eccleston before he started appearing at, at conferences and stuff so co- convention sorry so mm. it's a bit of a surprise it's a very quick turnaround time um but uh yeah i mean it's it's kind of cool. Like I said, if you're a fan of Jodie, then this is great news and you mm. should jump on it because, as Adam said, these things do have a habit of of selling out rather quickly. And also at that same weekend, you've got the usual suspects as well. You've got McCoy <laughs> and Colin Baker there. Yeah. They're both there, as, as you would expect. But there's also, um, who else was there? Uh, Bernard Cribbins. Yeah, he's going to be there as well. So if you've not met Bernard yet, mm. you absolutely need to do that. He's a lovely guy. So, so go and do that. Yeah. I must admit, I was. I would like to, because people have been. A couple of people have said to me already. Oh, I thought you didn't like Jodie. What do you want? What do you want to meet for? I'm like, look, I do like Jodie. I'm just not the biggest fan of the series. The same with Colin Baker's. I absolutely love Colin Baker, but I'm not the biggest fan of his era. But it doesn't mean I don't want to meet them. They're still the Doctor. Do you know what I mean? This this thing of like people are so black and white. Like, no, you're either in the Jodie camp or you're out of it. It's like, I, I don't like that at all. Yeah. It's like, and no, also it's, I can um, still like the show. Of course, you know? yeah. And it's yeah. not the only thing that Jodie's ever done. So no, I'm Exactly, a, yeah. I'm a big fan of a, a couple of other things that Jodie has been in, like Broadchurch. I think she was... Yeah. I thought Attack she was absolutely block. brilliant in that. And also, uh, yeah, Attack the Block with John Boyega. She was really good in that. So, mm. yeah, just because... But, um, Yeah, like you said, <laughs> just because we're not huge fans of her era as the Doctor doesn't mean it wouldn't be cool to meet her it's just where do you justify this the expense that's what you have to weigh up you know uh, i'll tell you what actually i'll be absolutely honest i think one of the things that's played into it for me as well is that i, I because i met her a couple of years ago i've got a selfie with her so i have got a picture with her albeit quite a bad blurry one off my phone and uh, the thing is what i would like is on my wall i've got so i've met all the doctors apart from tenant all the other mm-hmm. ones that are alive so on my wall i've got all the photo shoots with them with that blue background so i'd love to add jodie to it do you know what i mean i'd love to have her go into that frame because there's a space <laughs> for jodie so i could put her in alongside all the other doctors that i've met so that would be nice but mm. the, the fact that at the minute there's i've just got a picture that i took on my phone when i met her a couple of years ago and i think um that's slightly taken the edge off for me because i'm like well it's it's cool you know i've met her I have got a picture, so do I need to spend 75 quid on a professional one? Yes, I'd love to. But have I got the money? No. So, you know, it's. but I think if I didn't have that selfie, mm-hmm. I'd probably be getting the old credit card out and be saying, oh, I'll worry about it later, you know. But <laughs> for once, I'm being sensible. I must be getting old. Mm. Just being sensible. Getting old and wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Who knows? After payday, I might change my mind. Yeah. Well, you probably will. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well. Uh, speaking of the other event, the Biggie in mm. July, the the main LFCC. Yeah. A bit thin on the ground with announcements for that one, you know? Yeah, I saw that. There's normally got, I think they've got about, uh, they've got about 20, 25 guests, but they normally have around sort of 50 or don't they? And some of them are really big players mm. that you're looking forward to seeing by now. But 
really, really thin on the ground. I think the biggest people they've got there is Ernie Hudson, who's obviously riding away from you know the new Ghostbusters film. Yeah, a bit. yeah. Uh, Robbie Coltrane, and obviously there's some big stars from from yesteryear. Mm. Karen Allen from Superman and uh, Freddy Krueger. You know Robert England, he's there again, uh, yeah. and then just a few small players. But that's looking really thin on the ground for um, yeah. So. Mm, I know what you mean. I'll tell you one thing that worries me about um, anything to do with cons now as well is the whole screen divide thing. Because uh, obviously I went to the LFCC back in, was it November? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The one they did quite recently. And it was actually probably one of the most enjoyable ones I've been to because because of COVID, the the numbers were massively restricted. So it wasn't crowded or horrible like it normally is. It was a really nice event. um, Perfect, really, amount of people. But most people didn't have a screen divide, but a couple did. And those photo shoots, they, they've tried really hard to get around it. So they had black backdrops so you couldn't see the screen, but they just made the photos look terrible. Um, mm. So I don't know what's worse, having a, a very obvious big plastic divide screen between you and the guest or having a black background where the photos look so dark you can hardly see because someone had a black jumper on one of the guests and he just looked like a floating head. So it's it's <laughs> difficult. And the thing is, they, they don't tell you before you go. And that's the other thing that worries me. You could spend 75 quid on a Jodie pick, but if she's requested a divide screen, I'd be really disappointed. I'd understand it, but I would mm. be like, oh, because some guests do and some guests don't. And I'm sorry, when you compare the photos with those that do and don't, <laughs> they're just so much better. You know, it just, it looks so awkward with a divide screen, even though I totally get the reasons for it. It just looks so awkward. So that's the other thing that puts me off. Cause I'm thinking I wouldn't be happy with that. <laughs> like I no, really wouldn't be happy. Yeah. Same. You know, I'd probably prefer my blurry selfie than, than the 75 divide screen, I think, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I don't think she will, but you know, you just don't know, do you? You never know. <laughs> you just some never know. a bit funny at these things. It's Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, some yeah. are all good and, and fine, and you think, oh, that was a really good experience, and others you're just like, well, I'm not going to get that time or money back. Thanks <laughs> no. for that. Yeah, so, I had yeah. it with um, Glenis Barber and uh, her husband, um, Dempsey and Makepeace. What's his name? Well, he's been in Doctor Who, Brandon, Michael Brandon. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were the only ones at an event I went to last year that insisted on this divide table. So they brought out this old wooden table, made us sit either side of it and put this really rubbish screen between it was just the worst photo. and i was thinking oh, i've just paid 40 quid for this it's just like absolutely awful mm. in fact they still and they still haven't put the digital versions of them up i think they're so embarrassed that they're so bad they've like oh no we've <laughs> lost those photos because normally they put them up for you to buy don't they but that's right yeah yeah, yeah but mm. that's that's what i mean that's what i mean you could spend that money but until you actually get there on the day you don't know what you're going to get do you true man so, yeah very true yeah yeah, talking of um, other events, though, remember years ago, the same company, Showmasters, they did an event at Milton Keynes called Collector Mania. Do you remember yeah, that? So, yes, I used to go to them a lot, yeah. They were very cool. So they're bringing that back. So Collector Mania's back this year, the 30th of April mm. to the 1st of May, and the guest list is very sorry. It's about three people, There's isn't four it? Four I looked at it the mate. other day. Yeah, yeah four now. Whoa. Yeah, Richard Gibson and Kim Hartman from LOLO. <laughs> yeah, which I like. But, Rich, yeah, know. yeah. Um, You've then got Mike Edmonds, who played a random Ewok in the background <laughs> decades ago in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and bless him, old Colin Baker on his own. Oh, Colin. Well, Colin. it's local, I suppose. I've dragged him along. Yeah. Oh, that's shocking, though, isn't it? And that's closer than the, than the main LFCC, and they've got four oh. people, so they want to get their foot down on that. 
Otherwise, because the cool thing about Collectomania at Milton Keynes was it was a nice little local, easy to get to, reasonably good guests. I mean, I think I met hmm. David Prowse, Kenny Baker at Collectomania's previously, and yeah, yeah, some cool people. I think I've met Colin at. I think the first time I met Colin was at Col- uh, Collectomania, and uh, reasonably size hall, some good stalls and stuff. But yeah, looking very, very uh, wishy washy at the minute. So Showmasters. Get your, get your toe down. Yeah, get your act together. Get it together yeah. <laughs> it's not like they haven't had enough time to organise. I mean, they've been closed down for the last two years with COVID, so they've had plenty of time to get their stuff together. Indeedy. Mm. Anyways, events aside, we've got no news to talk about. Yeah. So before we crack on with our review, just want to welcome you back to another video. Another video. <laughs> taking your job. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to another podcast episode. If you, uh, I say welcome back if you're coming back, if you're a long-time regular listener and follower, then welcome back. If you've just found us, if one of your New Year's resolutions, New Year, New You, was to listen to more podcasts and you like Doctor Who, then welcome aboard. It's great to have you here. Remember to follow this podcast in your favourite podcast app so you won't miss a show when they land every single Friday. We are on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and get involved over there. And to get to those social thingies, either on your phone or on your computer, you can do that via the website, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. And while you're on the website, make sure you read all of the reviews and opinion pieces from our cool writing team those guys put out. They put out loads of cool stuff, so go and check those out. And we have a free Discord server as well. So hop in there. It's free to join. takes about 30 seconds to join and you'll be able to chat lots of Doctor Who with other cool Doctor Who fans. And lastly, remember to check out Adam's channel, his YouTube channel, which is called The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yes. I should have a new video out uh, today, the, the day the podcast goes out, hopefully. I mean, I, I say hopefully. It <laughs> depends if I finish ed- editing it. But yeah, there should be a new collection video out of some cool Doctor Who merch. So go and check that out. Go and check any t- it. Any day now should be out. <laughs> nice. And Adam's on the socials too, under the same name, The Geek Sandbag. Mm, so go exactly. give him a follow. Yes. Rightio, dude. Let's smash straight into our review this week. What we got? Yeah, so we're, we're finally on to Torchwood Series 3, and this is uh, all one big story. It's called Children of Earth, and this is day one. As far as we can tell, at 8.40 this morning, every single child in the world stopped. Reports coming in RTAs in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Luxembourg, Singapore. We, 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 we are coming. We are coming. I think you've seen aliens too. They're coming back. I warned you. You never told me. I was never a part of it. Well, we're the only ones with the software clever enough to piece this all together, look. Us and Torchwood. We are coming. We are coming. Back. 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 <laughs> Torchwood, then. Kicking off a new series. This is effectively Series 3, Children of Earth. Mm. And we're going to start, as you'd expect, with Day 1. And this was first broadcast back on the 6th of July, 2009. It was written by Russell T. Davis, directed by Euros Lin, and stars a slightly smaller Torchwood team these days. As uh, at the end of Series 2, we lost Owen Harper, 
and Martha went off to do whatever she's gone off to do. So we've just got Jack, Yanto, and Gwen. And what happened to um, Tosh? I couldn't. I know we only watched it recently. I couldn't remember. Did her and, and Owen die sort of at the same time in different places? Yeah, I've already forgotten, right. dude. Isn't yeah, that awful? That was that emotional thing where we're on the phone. Yeah, you know, I couldn't remember was... how Tosh died though. She'd been stabbed or something. She'd been shot, I think. Shot. Yeah. 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 And she was guiding Owen on how to escape. He was trapped in the in the. That's the it. It's all coming back thingy. to me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Tosh is gone, Owen's gone, so it's just the three of them now. And the synopsis for this episode, short and sweet, is when all children on Earth stop and start chanting, we are coming, the Torchwood team investigates, but could this be the start of a global crisis? Mm. That is an obvious answer, which we will come on to now. So (laughs) what do you think to a new series of Torchwood Dude and this first story? Mm, so something a bit different, isn't it, this one, having it as a whole one big story. And um, I haven't watched this for quite a while, but I have been looking forward to us getting onto this one because I remember really liking it back in the day. Um, so I yeah, was hoping it would sort of live up to my memory, if you like. And I, I expected it to look a bit more dated. As I said, I haven't watched this for a long time. So I was thinking, oh, it'll probably, you know, won't as dated as well as it might have done but i put it on last night and uh, and actually already you can see a bit of a step up from series two it feels a bit more epic feels like it's had a bit more money thrown at it um and i actually thought it was a really good episode i was i was very not relieved but because i remembered liking it i thought oh please be good because you know sometimes you put something on like there are a couple of eps in series two weren't there which just didn't live up to anywhere near as good as I remembered them being. So, yeah, I'm happy to say day one, great start to this series. Um, it's got Russell written all over it, hasn't it? It just feels like it's got all the sort of good stuff that Russell throws in, all the sort of character building. We get to meet different members of the family and stuff. And, you know, it's got a good story already. It's, it's drawing me in with everything that's going on. So I thought it was a really great first episode, really laying the groundwork, uh, throwing in lots of uh, good mystery. I love this idea of like the, the kids just stopping in the playground and then screaming. It's weird. It reminds me a bit of the the um, the girl from Doubt on the Bannermen, you know, and she did that sort of weird scream. But it's just a really freaky thing, I think. And it, it's, it just adds to the atmosphere of it. So, yeah, great first episode, mate. Really enjoyed it. And um what a cliffhanger. What a blimmin' cliffhanger. Um, it's hard to believe that I'd actually forgotten that cliffhanger because I was. it was almost like I was watching this for the first time, uh, the second half of this episode, because I was thinking, I remember it, you know, Jack's got a bomb in him. Hang on a minute. Oh, yeah, I seem to remember this. And I was thinking, this is really building up to a great end of the episode. Like, what? Well, I was like, how does he get out of this? Like, does he blow up? Like, <laughs> And, yeah, just a fantastic cliffhanger. Uh, really made me want to go straight on to day two. I did resist. Obviously, we'll do it together. We'll go through the series together. But yeah, I love that feeling of getting to them at the end of an episode and just desperately wanting to go to the next one to find out what happens. But yeah, so it was a great setup. Really good, really good first episode, I thought. Enjoyed it. Oh, nice, dude. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you with this. Yeah. This one. Yeah. So I think. Um... You're absolutely right with how it feels. This one feels very different. I think series one and two of Torchwood, they feel really similar, almost mm. the same in terms of the the production and the, the budgets and, and all that stuff. 
feels very similar to, to another. But Series 3, it feels like it's distanced itself a little bit in terms of quality and both in the story, the writing, and also the production. It's really cool. Like, I love the opening credits, the way that the text mm. appears, and, and, and all. it's just got a really nice um, sort of upgraded polish to it. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that the Torchwood was, you know, uh, looked amateur or anything like that, but I don't know. This one just looks like it's uh, like it's upped a little bit in terms of quality, and uh, I, I quite like the thing that I liked about it the most was this feeling of um, having a slightly smaller team in Torchwood. It just allows a little bit more time uh, for for each of them to to, to go off because at some points in the story. Um, they go off, don't they, to find their, to investigate their respective little bits that they've been assigned to. So yeah. Yanto goes off to see his sister because he wants to pluck his niece out for the day and investigate. Jack goes to see his daughter and mm. uh, his grandson, which is um, which is an interesting little side. And then Gwen goes off to see the the wee lad that was in the very opening prologue, where we have that very old school kind of typical UFO in the sky with the bright light. Yeah. And he runs off. So we see him again. She goes off, talk to him. So it allows a little bit more time. I think if we had Owen in there and Tosh, it would become, it would be cool still, but it would be a little bit more, uh, you wouldn't have enough time to dedicate to chat to those people and get a decent little insight. So it felt a little bit more Dr. Huey, um, RTD era Huey rather than sort of uh, cut together quick messing around like we'd had in the first two episodes. But it mm. did feel very epic, though. It did feel very, um, like this is a, like, like the, the stakes are very high. You know, whoever the four, five, six are, whoever these aliens are, and uh, we, we're obviously not going to do any any spoilers at this stage for anyone of any uh, any listeners that have not seen this yet. Um, it's it's just a, a, a great little, we, we know they're alien, we know they're, at this point, anyway, they seem like a potential threat to at least the children of Earth, hence the name. So it's it's really good that they've kept that under wraps until later on in this little mini series of five episodes. Um, and also, no, I, I would sorry, sorry. Also, I would say that the um, the uh, the the story itself does feel like um, uh, there's there's no baggage with the characters as well. Mm. You know, like with the previous series, that we'd be partway through a story, and then there'd be this random flirty scene between characters and pull you out the story for a bit, and then you're back to whatever's happening. It felt like in this one because we have that kind of comedic thing where Jack and Yanto are quote unquote a couple, a couple now, yeah. And then you've got Gwen who seems very very happy with. Reese. Mm, now yes. there's no problem with that. So there's not this extra sort of weird adult for the sake of it baggage that we've had in the previous two. So that was good as well. So what were you going to say, dude? Sorry. No, just I, I was going to say I don't think I could um, do spoilers if I wanted to because I, I feel almost like I'm going into this fresh. I, although I remember loving this series um, or or liking it anyway, I don't. I actually remember very little about it. And I almost feel like I'm going into this fresh. Now, as we go into days two, three, and four, and five, the more I watch it, the more I might be like, oh, yeah, I start to remember what happens. But I've got to be honest, right now, I can't really remember much at all about this series, which I, I really like. I do, I do feel like I'm going into it a bit fresh. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, no, I agree with you about the smaller cast. I think um, 
It's working really well with the three of them. And the performances for me are absolutely bang on now. It's like it's like they've totally got into their roles, as you'd expect by Series 3, but they just seem to be flowing. I mean, Barrowman can be a bit hit and miss, can't he? Like in Series 1 and 2, there were some when he was really over the top and others where we felt like, no, he doesn't seem to be into it this week. And this time, I feel like he's absolutely got the performance perfect well certainly in this episode i mean i'm assuming he'll be as as good for the rest of it but you know what i mean the cast just seem to be totally into the story and what's going on and the performances are brilliant you know it's it's, the finding that nice line between like the comedic stuff with him and yanto and then going into the action they're just really nailing the performance and making uh, making the characters um you know, were watching uh, just yeah, just really good performances from the cast. Mm. No, I agree, dude. It's, they've definitely found a nice little flow between them. Yeah, and uh, it it kind of suffered in the in the previous two episodes to some degree with some stories because you just had people standing around not doing much. Well, poor old Tosh know? used to be at that blimmin' computer all the time, <laughs> didn't she? You know, you were like, give Tosh something to do, and when they did, do you remember we used to say, "God, Josh, Tosh is such a good character." Yeah, when they give yeah. her stuff to do, you know, she's really good. But yeah, there was a lot of times when she was just staring at that computer, like, you know, talking to him over the the mic and stuff. But I do miss them though. I miss uh, Owen and Tosh. They were great characters. But I have to say, it's flowing quite nicely just having the three. Yeah, yeah, defo. And that was one of the things that I, my first note that I put down. I think it was about five ten minutes into the episode. Was um, characters feel fresh but still familiar yeah, and have had more time to breathe. So uh, it, it definitely has that. Um, uh, it feels like new Torchwood to a degree, but it all, it's definitely so familiar. Like they haven't messed, you know, like with some, with some programs um, coming to mind, something like Red Dwarf mm. where the characters are the same, but what they tend to do is when you get a new series, they've redesigned how their bunk room looks or they've redesigned how, you know, some of the ship looks. So the characters remain the same, but the the production designers are like, okay, we've got a little bit more money. We've got a little bit more time. We're going to throw like a billion more lights around it with new screens and a bit of a color redo. So you think, okay, did the characters do all that in between series? Or is this just uh, you have to just go with it and just think so? The cool thing with this is obviously they all look the same. You know, they're all in the same sort of stuff, especially Jack with the coat and stuff. The hub yeah. looks the same. And uh, and it's got a couple of little throwbacks as well. So uh, by no means am I saying that, you know, that this is like any sort of reboot in any way. Not at all. But it just feels um, a lot fresher. Nice progression, isn't it? Yeah. Nice progression of the characters rather than trying to start fresh and find new things to happen to them and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, so I when Gwen with... goes, sorry, just very quickly, when Gwen goes into the hub at the beginning, she's got a photo of Owen and Tosh there. Yeah. And she's like, taps the photo. She's like, hello. So you, that's like an immediate little, you know, don't forget about those guys. They were cool. So they're still very much here in spirit. But yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, Martha gets a nice little mention as well. She's on a honeymoon, apparently. And we all know who with. Oh, yeah. Uh, but now, as I was, um, was going to say, that is the thing I liked about this is that, yeah, the progression of characters as well. So this thing with Jack and his daughter, I thought was great mm. because you think he's just, you know, you think, oh, this is interesting. Jack's got a daughter and, and you think he's gone around to see her. And then they they do that thing of reminding you that, 
Jack, although he's very likable, has a quite a, a calculating side to him. So she says, I know why you're here. You know, you just want my, my son to, so you can experiment on him and find out what's going on. And you think, God, yeah, you know, Jack is just, that is why he's there, isn't it? You know, he's, he's brilliant writing because you sort of, um, again, it's just part of Jack's personality that we've got to know over these three series is that he, he is a likable guy, but at the end of the day, he's just there to, to do what he's got to do, no matter who it involves, even if it is his own daughter's son. So, you know, I just thought, again, it was a very interesting scene that, yeah, uh, interesting, yeah. you know, that he's got a daughter. And the thing about ageing as well was brilliant, wasn't it? When she's like, me and mum just, was it, was it me and mum? Anyway, yeah, she's like, you yeah. know, you, you, you stay the same and we're just going to get older and one day you'll be at our funeral. Do you realise how weird that is? And all this sort of stuff. And I thought... Again, just really well written stuff. Mm-hmm. It was very cool stuff, and that's the that's the stuff that I appreciate as a more adult side to the Doctor Who universe. Because, like we've said quite a few times over the first two series, sometimes you get a story where they've thrown in some gore or some swear words or some sex, whatever, and you just think mm. it's not really pushing the story along. You're just sort of doing it because you can, because you know yeah. it's on after nine o'clock. Exactly. after the watershed and stuff like that whereas things like this it's a bit of a dark darker side to jack's character and it is a little bit more mature in its theme for the writing but it's not like thrown in there because of the watershed time it's in there because it really progresses the story and is a bit more of a character build for jack because like you said we have got to know him and he's uh he's cheeky and flirty and he is you know quite likable but yeah and it's almost like a light switch went off as well because he's round there and he's sort of playing the the emotional Caring. card a little bit and yeah and you almost think well actually is she the bad guy because at some point in that conversation he does turn around and say look you know you told me to stay away this is mm. not my fault that I don't see you guys as much so you then think actually is she the one that's you know decided that he shouldn't see her or or his grandson but then you know like you said it sort of becomes apparent that that doesn't bother him anyway and then she sort of, you know, she clocks him. She's like, actually, because she actually swears at him and she's like, you know, I, I know why you're here sort of thing. But then when he leaves the house, he's like just back to business. On yeah, the phone. exactly. Yeah. Like he like, hasn't phased him at all. Like he's just upset his daughter. She's a bit miff now. And then, but that doesn't bother him. It's just, he's out the door. He's on his phone to Yanto like, Bosh, let's, let's go. Yeah, so when she explains why she doesn't want to see him that much, it does all make sense. You yeah. think, oh, actually, yeah, there is there is so much more to Jack's character um, than than you first might imagine. Yeah. On the flip side of that, you got um, Yanto and his sister. Now that was more fun, wasn't it? That was written more as comedic with Yanto with the getting the car stolen. I thought that was really <laughs> funny when he's like, no one's going to steal that car. And then it's sort of really it's revving around the estate <laughs> yeah. with kids in it and Victory stuff. Lap. I thought yeah. that was quite funny. Um, so that, yeah, that sort of counterbalance the sort of more serious, darker stuff going on with Jack. I thought that you then got the stuff with Yanto and his sister and she's like, Oh, I hear you're in a restaurant with a, a, another man and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> she's sort of digging and all that sort of stuff like, like sisters do. So I thought they were fun scenes to counterbalance some of the darker scenes in it. Yeah, that was cool. And you can tell that he's got great bants with his sister. I think even yeah. though it's a similar thing that Jack had with his daughter, but not quite as extreme, but I think she was saying something like, you know, we haven't seen you in ages. Mm. And he's like, yeah, the job and all the rest of it. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting the way that Russell had written the the sort of 
kind of coming out to his sister, I suppose, mm. because it wasn't your traditional, like, I hear that you've been seeing a man. And then he sort of opens up. He's like, well, actually, yeah, I'm gay and blah, blah, blah. Mm. He he kind of writes it in this way that he, it's almost like he's not, this is very weird for me to say, but it, he's not like a a 100% gay man at this point. That's what it feels like to me because mm. she pushes him and, you know, and she tries to get some more information. And he basically says to her, look, it's never been about other guys or anything like that. And I'm still not sure in myself exactly what it is, but there's just something about him. It's only him. Yeah, it's which, Jack. Yeah, yeah, which kind of alludes to the fact that if Jack was to disappear off the scene, would he then continue to be in another gay relationship after that or would he be in a relationship with a woman is it just jack that's making him feel this way so i like that that was a cool little thing like it wasn't just another oh yeah i'm coming out i'm coming out as gay sort of thing which there'd be nothing wrong with that but it's just an interesting interesting. little little twist that again feeds into that thing around what has jack you know what's what's about him because i would hazard a guess that if you know yanto blessing was to be killed in the next episode although jack would be upset and about that you would imagine that within a you know insert amount of time here whatever there'd be some other dude that he'd be flirting with and probably at the at the wake at the yeah <laughs> exactly yeah that's what i mean so it it's all kind jack, of feeds it? into this uh this thing around what is jack's actual deal here because mm. you know that it's all about the job it's all about the job for most of the torchwood peeps and trying to find that balance, especially with people like Gwen and, you know, with Reese and everything. And, uh, but yeah, it's just fascinating that you don't really see any of this stuff when Captain Jack is in Doctor Who. When he's mm. in Doctor Who, it's just all about the bants with the Doctor and getting the job done. You never see any of this backstory or the complications between relationships between them and stuff. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's another one of those little, nice job, Russell. That's a nice little little bit of writing which is very cool yeah i'm glad they did that with yanto though because i think uh, then it does add another layer to him as well because if you think about the earlier series with uh his girlfriend that got turned into the cyber woman oh, you know hey, you don't yeah. want to take that away you don't want to be like oh she didn't really mean anything to him he was you know he didn't you know he's living a lie back then it's it's more complicated than that you know and which is a bit more true to life i think you know so yeah so i like the fact that he's it was a bit more of an interesting coming out to his sister story if you like yes yeah, not definitely. just a straightforward you know oh i've been lying to myself i've got feelings and all this sort of stuff yeah yeah it's definitely more to it mm-hmm. i thought uh gwen had a good story i thought um eve mm. miles had a really good uh, performance in this one the way that the first five ten minutes of the episode progress you really feel like she's the the end of series two was a real big turning point for her because one of the storylines that they played up to a lot up to this point was that she had a flirty thing with Owen. She, mm. you know, she had a thing with Owen and then she had all this flirty stuff with Jack and yeah. you felt really sorry for Reese and you would, you know, so there, you know, after those, um, those characters had, they'd written them out. Now it feels like she's really found her feet, I guess, because there are no distractions there. She knows that Jack and Yanto are now a thing, even though they don't want to admit it, that they're a thing that leaves no one else for her to i mean i'm sure if jack put the moves on she'll be all you know giggly and stupid again but it really just allows her to focus on the job 
And now Reese has also come to terms with now he knows what's going on in terms of aliens and Torchwood and all that stuff. He's now more comfortable and he even jokes about it. I think, um, uh, sorry, Jack jokes about it. So when she finds out she's pregnant, uh, about two thirds of the way in, Jack's like, you've told me before you've told Owen, that's going to be a fun. So they play on that a little bit still. They joke about it, but you do get mm. the feeling that Reese is just completely comfortable because she's like, oh, I can't make it to the house for you in. I've got to go and do this thing at the job. And he's like, oh yeah, I thought you might do yeah. all that stuff. So I think Gwen's character is now at, at a point where you think, right, okay, she's now completely comfortable. And then it really reinforces the fact that before she found out she was pregnant, she was completely off the idea. Mm. And then when she finds out she's pregnant, it just hits her. She's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. This is going to be brilliant. So I, f- I feel like her character, and like you, I can't remember hardly anything about <laughs> Torchwood from before when we watched it, but no. I do feel like coming into it fresh, she's progressing in a better direction than what we've seen in the last two. I, I think Eve Miles is brilliant. I think she she's gives such a good commanding performance um and yeah they could have rehashed all that stuff from the earlier series couldn't they have you know reese getting cross that she's out but no they again they, they've gone the opposite they've progressed the story he's got used to it now he knows what she does and they're just getting on with it and it's so much more interesting than just keep having them arguing all the time and going through the same old stuff um i love the scene with gwen and the uh, strange guy, the guy that was abducted as a kid, uh, mm. that is now because again that was a a great curveball. So for the first couple of scenes, when the kids are uh, standing still, we just see the kids, and then suddenly they throw this random man into the mix that's doing it, and mm. it's like whoa! So hang on, why is he doing it? He's a grown man, and I, again, it's just a really interesting idea. And then of course you you work out that he was one of the kids from the earlier scene in Scotland in 1965. So you're thinking, okay. So again, just a great idea. I love that. And I thought the performance between him and uh, Eve Miles in the scene they have, when he, when they're just having that discussion at the table, was brilliant. Because uh, I mean, that's when he she first finds out she's pregnant because he's got these weird senses, isn't he? <laughs> like, it's a bit strange at first because he sort of pulls her in and sniffs her arm or something. You think, what's going on? But then he's like, he's, he can tell things, can't he? And he says, oh, is, how long have you been pregnant or something? Mm. And her face just drops. I, I just thought it was a brilliant scene and a, and a really interesting character, that guy. You know, um, I don't know where we're going with him, like well, how he's going to fit into it or whatever. But yeah, I just thought it was a really good scene. But even Miles, she's she's brilliant. She's, she really is just like so believable as Gwen, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. She She plays it very naturally as well. Like you can yes. tell that when she's just knocking around Cardiff, she's at the cash point and she's walking past that dude. There's that nice little Gavin and Stacey reference, you know, she's like, what's occurred in, and then that, yes, that little yeah. convo and stuff. She's just yeah. so likable. And you can tell that, well, you get a good, um, uh, you, you feel like Eve Miles is like that. Yeah. I was going to say, life. she feels yeah. very natural. Like yeah. that's what she could be like. Do you know what I really liked as well in the scene where she's goes into the hub and she's, using that monitor to see if she's pregnant or whatever. I love the fact you're not sure if she's happy or not for a couple of minutes. You're like, yeah, yeah. she's shocked. And then Jack comes over and for a split second, you think she's like really disappointed. She's like, I'm pregnant. And then he's like, yeah. And then she's just starts to beam that smile suddenly 
spreads across her face and she's like it's amazing and you think oh phew phew you know thank goodness but that whole scene was brilliant because you're just not sure what she's thinking it's like the emotion on her face is so so mixed um and then again it was a great idea to have jack well at first i thought oh no what are they doing jack puts his hand on hers but it's just a comforting one it's not any flirting nonsense yeah but then of course that detects the bomb in his stomach and i thought oh what a great idea you know what a great bit of writing that she's using the monitor and now he's detected something i I just thought yeah again had me going this is great writing you know Mm. hats off russell Yeah. yeah uh just going back to that dude for a second old clem clem mcdonald mm um, are you intrigued as to why he has these extra senses and stuff? Because um, as far as we know, he was just a normal child that was, uh, which I'm, if I remember correctly, comes to light in another episode, why the kids were driven out into the countryside in the first place. And mm. we saw the alien craft and whatever, and he manages to escape. He's just a normal child that was you know, taken to that thing. But it, it is kind of weird that he's got this strange sense of smell. There's this weird bit, isn't it, where he grabs her hand and he starts sniffing her hand. And he's like, oh, you're telling the truth. And she's like, yeah. And then, like you said, that bit where he sniffs and he's like, oh, you're pregnant. So he can, via one of his senses, is like heightened beyond, you know, human you know, normalness. Normalness? Hmm. That word? Be, be, you know, beyond like the normal levels of like, you know, what you can smell and taste and everything. Do you... Are you intrigued as to why he has that extra sensitive? Because yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, this is so weird because I think one of the reasons why we were surprised at some of the duds in in series two and uh, one and two is because it's all a bit of a blur because you have these re- really great episodes like this one and then that just almost blankets your um, memory of Torchwood for us anyway. And it's like, I don't remember Torchwood being this bad. You know, some of the duds that we went through. Uh, with mm. series one and two and yeah. um and it's a bit like this with this guy i'm thinking why do we find out if he's you know not human or if he's uh this extra sense has been you know given to him by something but it's really intriguing his his character i hope we do find out um i mean, I, I genuinely can't remember if we do i mean i'm assuming and correct me if i'm wrong but i'm th- i'm assuming he's one of the kids at the start right He's you know, the, the one that runs away. Yeah, he's the kid. So that's he's the a one bit that sheepish. doesn't go. Up. Yeah. So mm. they all they all go into the light, and he's. I'm assuming he's the one. Yes. That yeah. holds back and doesn't. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was affected by the light of the UFO. I don't know. I hope there is an explanation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. But I am intrigued by it. Yeah, definitely. He's a yeah. likable dude. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's good performance from him. He's one of those actors, isn't he? You sort of instantly recognise him from other stuff. But ask me what he's from, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but he, he, he's definitely been in lots of things, that guy. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's... um Often playing sort of side characters or n- never the lead, but he's he's one of those actors, I think. Yes, yeah, he's, he's been, he's been in... Pl- yeah, yeah, plenty of things, but you couldn't really pick out um, any strong thing from the stuff he's been in. He's been a side character, mm. I think, yeah. But a good actor, yeah. Oh, Defo, yeah, Defo. Uh, Paul Copley is the actor's name okay um but yeah no he's a very very good character and uh yeah it's um yeah it's it's in it, it, like you said earlier you really want to dive into day two and just continue the story and see where it goes but yeah um okay so uh, uh he was in the audio drama spare parts oh is he yeah he plays the dad in spare parts 
Ah. Uh, very cool. Uh, anyway, so um, another character I want to uh, talk about, because we've gone through story and stuff, the story part of it's very mm. good, like the, the the whole mystery around the 456 and who these aliens are and uh, exactly why they're targeting the children and stuff. That all gets explained later, but the um, this initial setup story, day one, is uh, is very good in terms of mystery and not giving anything away, which is cool. But uh, other than going through the main characters, the um, before we get on to Frobisher, which is Peter mm. Capaldi's character, uh, there was another cool character, which is um, uh, Dr. Rupesh yeah. um, Patanjali, who's, uh, at first glance, you think, oh, okay, this could be a new recruit for A new for member, yeah, you think, yeah. Oh, I see what Russell's doing, he's bringing in a new member, but no. Yeah, because we've, we've lost Owen, and so mm-hmm. there's that conversation, isn't there, in between uh, Gwen and Jack and Yanta about, look, we need a doctor on the team and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she gets sort of self-appoint, she self-appoints herself as like recruitment manager for Torchwood. And they eye him up, don't they? They eye him up as a potential. Mm. And, uh, you know, she starts giving him, a, you know, quite a few uh, secrets away, so to speak. She says, you know, Torchwood is exactly what you think it is. You know, we defend against alien threats and there's that cool bit. He's like, what's in there then? She's like, oh, you know, big sci-fi base or whatever she yeah. labels it as. So you do think it's another cool little twist. And that's why Russell's so clever, because you immediately warm to him from, first of all, from his intrigue when we see him at the beginning of opening scene where um, Jack and Yanta are like, yeah, we was his best neighbours. That was fun, <laughs> yeah. it. And uh, he catches them taking the org- the alien organ out and stuff. So he's immediately like, oh my God, this is, your torture is amazing. And then the twist is that he's been hired as a spy, basically, to infiltrate mm-hmm. Torchwood and stuff. And, you know, unfortunately for him, he meets his demise. Um, who is it? Agent Johnson, I think, who's part of this sort of Black Ops mercenary team. She uh, She turns on him. Because yeah, she doesn't want time. him, yeah. Because she knows that Jack's going to come back to life, and she doesn't want Jack to figure out that he's, you know, betrayed him, and you know he's been implanted as a, planted in as a spy. So, but he was a cool character today. You had that initial warm to him, like okay, he could be a cool member of the team. But then you have that, oh, you dirty so and so. So he was right. a cool character actually. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good, an interesting little um, twist because yeah, when he when he came into, it, I was thinking, I don't remember this guy. Who's this? And then you do start to think. Well, he doesn't join Torchwood, so what? You think he's going to get killed, don't you think? Oh, he's just going to get killed. But yeah, it turns out he's a traitor working for whoever this woman is. He's quite cold. Uh, she immediately shoots Jack. <laughs> as soon as he as soon as he comes back to life, he's down within a second. Um, but yeah, th- that was I thought that was a cool little um, character to throw in there because I think again the chemistry between him and and um, Eve Miles is really good. You know when she's she's sort of sees a bit of herself in him because of the way they treat him when he first arrives, which I thought, again, was a nice bit of writing. So she sees them forcing him to wait around outside the hub. She's like, oh, you did that to me. So she empathizes with him so you can understand why she starts to warm towards him. So, yeah, good little character and a nice little subplot, I thought. Yeah, no, very cool. Yeah. Very cool character. And then let's talk about Frobisher then. Yes. Old Capaldi, who's back Peter for... Capaldi. Yeah, so was this after the um his appearance within doctor who is this after Ooh, that or before not that? sure actually can't remember but anyway this is this is go around number two for mr this capaldi this is 2009 yeah so uh i think this is i got google it because i gotta know after because matt smith took over in 
Oh, no, no. This was David Tennant, the fires of Pompeii, wasn't it? The fires of Pompeii's Tennant, yeah. Yeah, so this is after. Definitely after. So It's after. I was going to say, yeah. but old um, Capaldi being a fan of Doctor Who probably <laughs> thought, oh, I've been in Doctor Who and now I'm in Torchwood. I ain't never going to play the Doctor now. But, of course, he does. But, yeah, so... It's I, again. I think it's a great sign of how versatile Capaldi is because he was superb, in my opinion, as the Doctor. I, I really liked him. Um, I think he gave us a totally different take on the Doctor's character, uh, a fresh take that some took to and some didn't. Um, more like the Hartnell grumpy side, which I really enjoyed. Um, but it's great to see him playing this role, which is completely different to that. Um, and I think he's really good in it. I think he's perfect casting, actually. Uh, playing this sort he's of government yeah. government official, would you call him? He's a um, permanent something of the Home Office, right? Permanent manager, whatever it is. He, yeah, he's a uh, he basically heads up the Home Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great casting, and he, again, he, he's such a good actor, Capaldi. He just sells it absolutely. You know, the scene when his kids are screaming and stuff, and he's just horrified um by it is brilliant and he's almost getting cross them isn't he? he's like stop it you know shouting at them and stuff yeah fantastic performance of him um i know he's in it a lot more so i'm intrigued to see more of his character but yeah just great and it's so good to see capaldi on screen again i really makes me want to go back and watch um more of his doctor who actually because i don't really revisit series nine for example very often and i'm i'm thinking i might give that another go because that was the capaldi series i struggled with i think uh, so bit, yeah, yeah but it's just good yeah, yeah but it's great to see him back and you're right it is after fires of pompeii which we're now in 2008 okay so just a year prior then. so it's a year prior okay. yeah yeah so. yeah cool but he does play he's, that part very well he's got that yeah and that's a that's a, a credit i think to capaldi's acting chops because um mm. you know they did they did mess with him a, a, a wee bit over his tenure didn't they as as the doctor they started oh off, yeah you know, with this heartless, grumpyish kind of guy, and then they try to soften him up a bit and make him a bit more jokey, and then they did something and then else. Had, and then we had the like the the sort of midlife crisis, playing yeah. guitar on a tank. Yeah, they they did, and I mean, again, it is a credit to Capaldi because even when he was doing stuff like that, which was really cringe, I, I think he managed to still deliver a, a really good performance as the Doctor. Even though, yeah, they did, they 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 see. I wish they just stuck with their guns, really. Um, I mean, I think Series Ten. They absolutely, he absolutely, or they, whoever was changing the character, got it absolutely right. He was still quite cantankerous, but he had a almost like beautiful charm to his doctor. Mm. Whereas that in the, in series uh, eight, he was quite harsh. When people died, he didn't really seem to care, which felt a bit undoctorish. Um, so yeah, but I think series nine was the one. I think it just it was all over the shop, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So for that reason alone, you can you can appreciate why he's playing this character the way he is. I'm. There was no, um, obviously at this point, I don't think there was any, well, no, I don't know. I don't think there would have been any conversations with, with Moffat or anything like, no, I wouldn't think about so. having you on for the doctor, do you want any of that stuff? So at this point, he's just playing the part exactly as he wants to play as is written. It's like the, the dude that's in charge and is a little bit cold, I would say to yeah. his, in, his employees and stuff like that. But at the same time, because he has kids himself, he's very he's petrified about what's going to happen to them. There's a bit mm. where he breaks down, doesn't he? He's screaming at him like, don't do this. Why are you doing this? But then, you know, 10 minutes prior, he's in the office and, you know, to the prime minister. And the prime minister's like, you know, I don't want my name over this. I want plausible deniability. 
So, you know, you handle it, you do the thing. But just basically, I think the prime minister was saying to him, you handle it. If anything blows up, it's on your head. Be it. I want nothing to do with it. It's down to you. But yeah, yeah. actually, I was going to say, even the even the characters that are in, you know, like the, his secretary and we've got the new secretary that's joined and stuff, even those characters are giving a great performance in this, aren't they? It seems like everybody's really into the story. There's no one that stood out in this as being, oh, you know, they're a bit over the top or, oh, dear me, they've let the side down. Everybody just seems to be giving a, a really good performance in this. But um, have you ever watched the thick of it? Yeah, it's hilarious, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, did you, because it's weird seeing Capaldi in the suit looking a little bit sort of Mike uh, Tucker-ish. Is it Mike Tucker? Yeah, yeah, a little bit bit of a similarity, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so you sort of almost feel like he's going to, any minute now, going to come out of a few expletives in this, doesn't it? But um, yeah. It is good to have him in it, anyway. It's so funny, yeah. Because uh, I like the thick of it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. So there's a there's a bit where his assistant um, uh, is um, uh, has come in to see him, but she's hovering by the door, and you do think, you know, is he gonna is he gonna tucker this? Is it? Yeah. You know, is he gonna either come the f in or f the f off? And <laughs> that would have been hilarious. But yeah, there's definitely a similarity there with the with the thick of it stuff, but. I remember thinking yeah. that in um, in Deep Breath as well when it's Capaldi's first one because we weren't sure how he was going to play the Doctor, were we? Yeah. So it's quite, when he came out being all cantankerous and quite angry, pudding brains and all that sort of thing, you could almost imagine that any minute now a, a, an expletive was going to slip out of his mouth, <laughs> always on the edge of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then just very, uh, just one more character I just want to pick up on. Do you think there's anything suspicious about uh lois you know lois habiba the the assistant yes, that started I the do. first she was late in and it's her first day and she's asking a lot of questions yeah, but they're think... all the weird questions yeah there's definitely something a bit off about her yeah because jack phones up doesn't he he's like look i need to speak to uh what's his face and she's like well you can't because there's a bit of a crisis going on and he's like no tell him it's torchwood and he'll take mm. the call and she's a bit well i'm new so blah 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 and then you think hmm she's unfazed by that and then she looks him up, she gets the credential, she logs in and she looks it up and she sees that Torchwood was the, uh, you know, is the, you know, investigates alien threats and all that stuff. And she's just unfazed by it. She's just looking around. Mm. She's like, hmm. And then uh, she's just, she's very observant of everything. She's taken it all in. She sees the the head assistant doing her thing and she's taken it all in. So I think there's something a bit suspect about her. Definitely something been, a bit dodge. She's yeah. been planted there, hasn't she? I think she's a spy. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely something a bit dodgy about her. Dirty spy. One to watch. Yeah. Mm. And then lastly, we had that team of peeps that took out Jack, killed him, cut yeah. him open, put the bomb in, <laughs> killed the doctor. Not the doctor, but, you know, killed, you know, the the hospital doctor, uh, Dr. Patanjali. So mm. she's a bit of a ruthless one. She is, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's what's her game? Mm. Yeah, she just seems to want to blow up Torchwood. I mean, it's quite an elaborate plan as well, isn't it? Planting a bomb in Jack's stomach. I mean, probably is easier ways to just just go and throw a brick through the window. You know, it's got to throw a bomb through the window. There are probably easier ways to do it than constantly shooting Jack to plant a bomb in his stomach <laughs> to take back to Torchwood. But, but it's, it it makes for a fantastic uh, uh, climax to this episode. So Very I'm not going to. Not going to come down on it, but yeah. Well, she was hired by Frobisher to kill Jack. Yeah, because you see that thing, don't you? Um, the secretary opens up that 
deleted file, doesn't That's she? Right. Is that it? Yeah. it says kill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mm. it's all a bit conspiracy theory-ish, mm. UFO-ish. Uh, it's got a great feel to it, this episode, actually. It's got it a has, really yeah. good kind of mix. It's like a mix of Doctor Who versus The X-Files versus Stranger Things. You know, it's got a really cool kind of uh, mix to it, which we've missed, I've missed certainly from from the other two series so far. And this is totally different, isn't it? It's mm. interesting having a, you know, we talked about Dot Two Flux having this one big story arc, and here it is, Torchwood doing it all these years before. I'm wondering if it was um, how this came about, because apparently Torchwood was cut down to five episodes. Um, I don't know whose decision that was. It, it sounds, oh, excuse me, reading it online, it sounds like uh, it was the BBC's decision, but I don't know. I don't know if it was like cut down to five episodes and Russell thought, right, okay, well, I'm not going to do five standalones. I'll do a big story arc or how I'm not, I'd be interested in like how this came to be one big series, you know, at what point they decided that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure on why they, on that decision to do that. I mean, it's so far episode one, it's working really well. (laughs) We'll see how we go with it, this whole story arc. But, and then also it's very, very, one thing that is very cool about it is it's still very, very Welsh you can tell that Russell has absolutely loved mm-hmm. setting this whole thing in Cardiff. And there's a really cool scene where uh, me and my wife have a very similar conversation as well. When we're going over the seven, the seven bridge or whatever he's on, uh, Gwen's on the phone to Reese, and she's like, Oh, yep, I'm on the bridge. I'm about to go into England. And he's like, well, make sure you got the right currency, make sure you get your injections and they have a little bit of a joke yeah. about leaving Wales and going to England. And yeah, so it still feels very at home in Cardiff and in Wales, which is good because that's another thing that some TV shows do as well is they kind of, they hop between things and it's something's not always established as the, as the thing, one of the themes that makes it very cool in that show and mm. they move stuff around. So it's very cool that it's got that continuity and it's still very Welsh. So Yeah, it's a nice cool. scene there. I'm just thinking as well, actually, just reading some of the production notes on this and um, I know we spoke before about how Martha was at one point going to join the Torchwood team, but then uh, um, what's the actress's name uh, who played Martha? Oh, Freema. Ageman. Freema yep. decided uh, at the last minute to, to not join Torchwood. Um, and apparently, it's, yeah, because she was offered a job, so she went where the money is, basically. Mm-hmm. So she gets offered the role of Martha, who would have been in this series. Um, or, uh, you know, maybe it's not all the way through it, but she would have been in it. But uh, after finding out that it had been cut from down to five episodes, decides she's going to go in a ITV show called law and order mm. because it's 13 episodes. So she's thinking, Oh, well, 13 more money. <laughs> so she's, that's why Martha is, um, sort of on honeymoon, but yeah, so I think she was originally planned to be part of this team. So he would have had an extra Torchwood member would have given it. I think it would have given it a very different dynamic because we both feel like the three of them work quite well together, don't they? But yes. Yeah. I mean, it may have just have been a cameo bit. I don't know how much involved Martha was going to be, but yeah, apparently she was offered, the role to return but decided to go and be in law and order instead yeah i I think she was definitely meant to be in the cameo which she agreed to Mm. do initially i'm not sure about appearing in the other four episodes but she was absolutely Mm. meant to be in the first one and then like you said the law and order thing so she's like now see you later (laughs) i think russell had to do quite a bit of rewriting i think for episode one yeah yeah sounds like it yeah so have you got anything else on your notes dude no, just that I, I was I was just looking up to who did the music because it felt very uh, Murray Gold 
to me. Lots of big booming drums and stuff. Da, 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 you know all the <laughs> themes. But it was uh, Ben Foster, I think. Oh, but it, it's Foster. got a, definitely yeah. got a Murray feel to it. Again, mm. as I said, the whole production, writing, everything feels very RTD of this time, and I mean that in a good way. I, I just had that nostalgic feeling of oh, this is good stuff mm-hmm. the whole way through. But yeah, I think it was Ben Foster. It was, yeah, Ben Foster, yeah. Definitely. Did this one, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, good good soundtrack to it. You know, again, uh, creating that sort of nostalgic feel with the music, you know, the stuff I remember. When you hear the themes, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, oh, I know, I like this stuff. So, yeah, good work from him. But no, I haven't really got anything else on my notes, I don't think. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, scores, Dan, whose turn is it to go first? I think it's you, bud. Uh, it's me, is it? Mm-hmm. All right. I'll go with an 8 out of 10, uh, which is quite a high score, but I felt it was a good opener. Mm-hmm. And, and a really good concept and it totally drew me in and um and as i said earlier i love it when i finish an episode of any program and cannot wait to immediately watch the next one and that that happened with this so yeah i'll give it an eight out of ten i thought it was pretty pretty good good opener a oh, nice one dude i'm with you on that mate i'm with an yeah. eight as well yeah oh cool yeah 7.5 just felt too low mm. that's yeah a bit average yeah cool yeah it did yeah, yeah. My exact thoughts on that as well, dude. I thought, hmm. what is this going to be after I finished watching it? I thought it definitely feels up in the seven and eights territory for sure. And I thought, nah, hmm. seven is, is too low. It's a very enjoyable kickoff to a new series. And uh, some of the things that they've changed have been very good, like the production stuff, the opening credits, you know, some of the, but then some of the stuff that they've kept the same, which is nice and familiar, also really works. So it's a really good. And it's a real creepy one as well. Like the kids, when they start mm. screaming and stuff, it's got that real just behind the sofa-ish kind of vibe that you you wish for on a bit more on Doctor Who. But yeah, it's definitely a, a really good opener. Yeah. I don't think we've said, and through this review, I don't think we've found anything negative to say about it as well. No, there's, I don't you think know, so. It's a, yeah. not, that's not to say it's perfect, but I, yeah, I think that's, that's a good... Um, warrant for it being an 8 out of 10 is there there wasn't anything I thought yeah that's brought the episode down a bit you know same dude yeah there was nothing that I thought oh god that's awful yeah that's dated or all that hasn't aged well or anything like that Mm. yeah same dude yeah okay so eight from the pair of us then uh what did our listeners think we had uh we didn't have too many in for this week we didn't have any on facebook we did have a few tweets in though so over on twitter jacob moore says love the whole children of earth day one was brilliant sets up the story really well and eight out of ten chippy t says haven't seen this since first broadcast and i don't know why tense taut thrilling anything with kids in danger creepy ethereal voices flashbacks and secret government departments is right up my street Gwen Cooper, the best long-term companion the Doctor never had. Mm. Nine <laughs> yeah. out of ten. You make a good point yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, Will Sanger, TARDISnet, says, won't rate it till the end, but it's an excellent start to an excellent series and storyline. Great stakes and mysteries and strong family relationships. Its biggest strength, though, is in making the characters vulnerable as it strips Torchwood of its resources. Mm. Which we definitely saw, didn't we? We had yeah, the car yeah. being stolen from Yanto. That's now gone. Jack's now blown up. I think something else happens to the hub and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Shortman, one of our writers, says, I haven't seen this since it first aired, but I remember it was fantastic and the whole world seemed to be talking about it. Uh, The children being taken over was unnerving, though things would get more tense, but I've always loved Eve Miles as Gwen and this series belongs to her. Mm. Good point, Jordan. And lastly, Sarah Louise, the running Whovian, says, this has it all. Current day alien terror threat linked to a key historical event, government cover-ups, zombie children, 
who perform them scarily well. The unit presence, the double agent medical staff, an unexpected pregnancy, and a huge explosion cliffhanger. Bring on day two, she says. Nine out of ten. Excellent. Excellent nine. stuff. Yeah, some good scores here, dudes. Yeah. Uh, eight, nine, and another nine. So rocking and rolling on all cylinders a at the minute. good start, yeah. yeah. It's all good. Cool. So thank you very much for tweeting in your reviews and your scores out of 10, guys. It's much appreciated as always. Next week, though, dude, we're on to our rotation. So no Torchwood next week, but we have got... Some Third Doctor action. Yes, Day of the Daleks next week. That's what we're going to review. Day of the Daleks. Day of. No complications. Yes. So this is one of the old classic Brigadier, Benton, Yates... I'm so uh, in the mood for some per, some third doctor yeah, per week. Yeah. Yeah. The Ogrons and yeah. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. So yeah, it'd be good. So Day of the Daleks. What is it? A four parter, is it? Yeah. I think so. Four parter yeah. for next week. So um get your DVDs out or your Brit box fired up and, and get that watch because we'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews as always. And I think we'll wrap there, dude, for episode three hundred and thirty Thank you thank you thank you for listening to episode 338 this week it's been great to have you here listening to us waffle on uh, in this instance about torchwood so thank you very much for joining us and as i mentioned earlier if this is your first time on the show listening then it's great to have you aboard the tardis and if you're coming back then welcome aboard once again as adam said next week our review is classic who and it's day of the daleks the third doctor story so get that watched and we'd love your views and opinions on that as always. So keep an eye on the socials. We'll be asking for your thoughts on that one. In the meantime, make sure you follow this podcast in your fave podcast app so that you can check out the new episodes when they land every single Friday. You can also listen for free on the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. All the episodes are on there, plus all of our reviews and articles from the writing guys. So go and check those out. They're very, very cool. Jordan, Mark, Maria, Harry and Matt. Go and check out all of their, all of their stuff over there. We are on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. There are links on the website. Come and give us a like and a follow and chat Doctor Who throughout the week on the socials. Got a friendly bunch of of, uh, uh, followers over there and we all chat Doctor Who. And we have a free Discord server, so jump on that as well. Also, remember to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. It is, of course, the Geek's Handbag. Geek's Handbag, yes. Bits of new vids coming your way, so go and have a look at my channel. Also on all the socials, Insta, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Remember that? Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> I'm still yeah. on there, yeah. Meta, as it's known now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Meta, yeah. Yeah, go and check out Adam's stuff. You won't be disappointed. And, uh, yeah, until next week for episode 339, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, eh. Uh... Uh...